Pray ye therefore. Thank you, brother. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that send forth laborers, that the fields are whited unto harvest. I think we're going to see some harvest reaped in the coming up weeks right here. Over many weeks of work, and there's not enough thank yous on the planet for Paul Hutchins and his dedication to all this stuff right here. Yeah, that's just. He pours his heart into this place. There's not enough thank yous on the planet for it. As a matter of fact, the things we've done in the past few weeks, I can just say it straight up what it is. If it wasn't for Jason and Amber Ritter, we didn't have those events. They just, they don't, it don't happen, man. They, they pour their heart into this place. And they don't just pour the heart into this place. They pour it into the people that come. So the people that leave here talking about this place to, to try to be a, a blessing to them. And I realize maybe... Somebody else might could step up, but it'd take a lot of people to step up and fill the shoes of what a few people's doing in some of this stuff. But all of you are stepping up and putting your part into it. And, and I want you to be praying one accord with me. Between now and the time we leave this place on Easter Sunday morning, I want to see hundreds of souls saved. I don't want to see a dozen. I don't want to see a few. I don't want to see a hundred. I want to see hundreds and I know for a fact that that prayer is within the will of God because it's not God's will that any should perish but that all should come to eternal life through through our Lord Jesus Christ so I know I'm praying within the will of God and I know he says we're two or more agreed do we agree that between now and the time we leave on Easter we want to see hundreds of souls say we agree we're going to pray that way matter of fact when do you guys make a note, staff meeting Tuesday morning? Let's look at getting the prayer visual set up. We'll look at maybe doing the 24-hour prayer visual for the week leading into the play. and We'll maybe start it back on Monday morning and run the 24-hour prayer like we've done before and sign up where somebody's always here praying 24 hours a day from Monday morning up until the play starts on Friday or maybe even carry it on into the play. We'll put that up again um, at least for the opening week of the play because with all the practice and all the work and all that goes into it without the power of God it's just a play this power of God that makes it what it is and I'm excited I'm excited about the way I see God moving in the play but all that being said I got to get to the message everybody's gonna start going to sleep because I know you're very tired but I appreciate it I'm going to again tonight Um, I'm going to do well that's not really true don't say I was going to do one verse, but I can't do this one verse by itself as a standalone. I wanted to, but I'm going to have to pull two or three into the equation. It's the book of Ephesians chapter 2. I actually read Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 last week as part of the message, and I pray that last week was a blessing to you. I pray it was an encouragement, and I, I'm just I'm seeking God. I want us to be able to leave here on Sunday evenings with some encouragement, because when you put out, put out, put out, put out, and, and, and you come in here and you do that all day on Sunday... I don't want you to leave here spent going into your work week. I want us to leave here charged and energized and excited about what God is doing in us and through us so that we can take that energy into the work week. So I pray that God gave you a blessing last week, and I pray he charge you up again this week. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. God, thank you so much for the gift. God, it's the greatest gift that's ever been given, Father, that you would, Lord, offer your only begotten Son, that our sins might be forgiven and that our souls might be saved. And God, of all the thank yous to everybody in this church and of all the work that's been done, God, there'll never be enough thank yous to thank you for what you've done for us, God. 
I pray you'd help us to be faithful about your work, faithful about your business, God. I pray you'd help us, Father. Lord, we want to see souls saved, added to the kingdom, God. We're not in the church-building business for Faith Baptist Church. We're in the church-building business for the kingdom, for the, for the church of Christ, God. I pray you'd help us to be pleasing to you, Father. And Lord, I pray you'd take this word, and I pray you'd encourage your people this evening that we might walk out eager to serve you, Lord. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So in our Discover Faith book, we, when we do the um, Discover Faith program, on page 13 it says that we believe that the gospel is for all people. What that says, plain and simple in our book, is that we at Faith Baptist Church, simply put, we believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for every living, breathing soul. We believe it's for all ages. We believe it's for all languages. We believe it's for all nations. We, we believe it's for all cultures. We believe that it is for every day and every time. The fact is Christianity has always been cross-cultural. It has always been the thing with everybody. It began in that Middle Eastern culture there of the Jewish people, and then it migrated its way into a very sophisticated European culture, and then it came across on a ship into the Western world, and it became the New World era. It became the, the movement that changed the world, and God gave us the Bible in an English-speaking language, and he built a country called the United States of America, and he put missionaries in this country and throughout this country, and he sent them all around the world to preach the gospel. There's a reason God gave us a book in our language. It's so that we could go into all the nations and preach and teach the Word of God and, and to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it a shame that God has blessed the nation the way that he has, and now very few people have any concerns whatsoever of the things of God. But if we believe in the power of God, it's never too late. If we believe that 2 Chronicles 7.14 is still in the Bible, then it's never too late. It's for all cultures today in our Western society, and I've talked about it a few different times, but we have a lot, especially those in Hollywood that are pushing this this idea, this creative idea that, well, heaven's whatever you want it to be. And, and you get there however you want to. Whichever road you choose to take, that's the road that's right for you. Whichever's good for you, that, that's good. And, and whatever your view, the, the truth is, is that we're all going to the same place. It's just that we're taking different roads to get there. And that's man's ideology. You know, that, that, that there's several different ways that you can't be confined to one way. I'm sorry, but the Bible says I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. How can man say that he's not? So, so they, they say there's all these different ways, but God has something to say about that. In Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Salvation is God's work, God's way, according to God's will. Many people in our society today believe that it's the work of man. That's not what they say. That's not the way they say it, but that's the truth of what they're saying. You can take it any way you want, but if you can say, hey, whichever road you take or whatever you do, or you be good enough to this when you do that, what they're saying is that salvation is the works of man. That's what they're claiming. Or, or you earn your merits by how many good deeds you do or how many good things you do. But the fact is, Christianity began in, in Christianity uh, it's in the councils of God. It's in the eternity past, before there ever was a world, before there ever was a universe, before in the beginning God created, before time ever began. All the way back in the councils of time, salvation was created before there was ever a need for it. 
Before we ever got to the day that Adam sinned, God already knew. God's 100 billion years ago right now, and he's 100 billion years from now right now. He is in all places at all times. He was not caught off guard by sin, nor was he caught off guard by salvation. Salvation was already there before man ever came into the equation. So how can salvation be man's idea if we never knew we'd need it before we got here? It's God's idea. Paul said in chapter 1, here in the book of Ephesians, in verse number 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he hath chosen us before him, before the found, chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us, be predestinated us to the adoption of the children of Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Salvation is simply God's amazing grace. It's not God's response to our works. It's not God's response to putting on he's alive. It's not God's response to doing a concert. It's not God's response to going out and witness. It is simply God's amazing grace. You can't give enough money. You can't help enough people. You can't even witness to enough lost people out there on the street to earn God's merit, to earn God's salvation. It is God's free gift. God's work, God's will. God's way. Unmerited grace. God didn't send his son to die for our sin because man kept begging him to. Man didn't even know they needed it. It wasn't man crying out and asking for a method of salvation. It wasn't man crying out to God saying, hey, we need a way. It was just God's grace that before the foundation that God Almighty already had a plan the scripture says, through faith and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. But then verse 9 goes on and says, not of works, lest any man should boast. If it was of works, then many of you would have things to boast about. Those of you who have been out here working and did all this on the stage, and those of you that came and helped Paul do the steps, and those of you that helped to put up all of this stuff here, and then those that, that helped do the concert, and those that helped build Born to be Brave or Secret Keeper Girls or Unspoken Concert, and you helped load in and load out, and those that were here till 1.30 in the morning loading that truck out that night, you would have things to brag about. And can I tell you the truth is you really do have something to brag about. It's called Jesus Christ. Amen. We, we're here because of him. We're working because of him. We talked about it last week. The, the works don't give us salvation. It is a result of our salvation. So we do have something to brag about. It's that God Almighty lets us be a part of the family. That we are joint heirs to the Son of God. That we are called the children of God. How awesome is that? In India today, trying to, to earn their way into the counsels of God. You, you may see it sometimes, news, different stuff. If you do some reading and studying, you see these men that have these giant hooks put in their back pulling wagons by these hooks. They're, they're trying to earn merit with God. You, you see them lying on a bed of nails or men plunging themselves in the river in, in an all-out effort to try to gain the attention of this almighty God. They're, they're trying to earn their merits. You, you look at Islam. Islam rushes to death. Man, they, it's all about this jihad, this holy war. Let me strap a bomb to myself and go blow myself to smithereens. But in it, I'm going to go out. And people that are nothing but just people going about their lives, you just don't like them because they don't do it your way. 
They're just not like you. So let me put this thing on, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to kill as many of them as I can, and the more the better. And then that way, a host of virgins will come usher me into heaven. Boy, what a rude awaiting it must be to be one minute standing there and the next minute wake up in hell. I know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, but that's only true for the child of God. Otherwise, to be absent from the body, you ain't going to trickle your way into hell. They, they were looking for a bunch of virgins to usher them into heaven. It didn't work out quite like they were thinking. Latin America, I know you've seen this probably on the news before. I've seen it several times, and we'll see it again this year because Easter's coming up, and they do it more so at Easter. These men crawl up these rocky trails to get to the top of this hill where they put crosses up, and they allow men to nail them to a cross, trying to earn merits, trying to earn favor. It's not usually crucifixion unto death. They'll hang there for an hour or two. They'll take them back down. And, and then the, the scars heal and, and, and the skin grows back on the knees where they crawl, but, but they're no closer to God than they were before they started all that. All the pain and all the suffering, everything they did was for nothing because they refused to believe for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, if God loves me, God can love anybody. Anybody feel that way? God loves the unlovable. So let me ask you a question real quick. How many different kinds of religions are there in the world? Two. True religion and false religion. It is salvation through faith. Not of ourselves, lest any man should boast. That's the true religion. That's the truth of the gospel. Everything else is false. No, no human effort, no good deeds, no sacrificing of yourself. No, nothing can buy God's favor. God says, I love you this much, and I'll give it to you freely. What a God. God is freely offering. I, I said this Wednesday night, but it blows my mind. I'm going to say it again. God is freely offering the most incredible gift that has ever been offered. And we have to beg people to take it. And the majority of them will say, no, thank you. But then right behind, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We have the context of verse number 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are God's workmanship. How cool is that? We, we are God's masterpiece, God's creation. You are God's prized creation. God made you just like you are. He didn't make you like anybody else. He didn't make you out of a mold. He didn't make you from a plan. God individually, hands-on, made everybody in this place. You have your own DNA. You have your own fingerprint. You have your own personality. You're different than every plant, every animal, every person, everything that's ever been. God made you exactly like you are, because God cares that much. And that's why he cares so much that he died for us, because he, he fashioned us. He cares that much for every individual. What a God. What a God. So he didn't only fashion us physically, but he created us spiritually. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. I know I use this one a lot, but therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things. Or become new. Anybody glad to be new? Amen. 
I, I think we can all pretty much relate. I feel like I speak for all of us when, when I, you can say two things. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. And thank God I'm not what I'm going to be. I'm just a work in progress. I'm just that little masterpiece. I'm just that old clay in the potter's hand that he's just working on and shaping and molding. And, and every once in a while, I think we mess up so bad, we just have to crush us back down and put that wheel back spinning fast again. And I don't have time to get into that, but he makes it spin fast so he can get it recentered on the wheel and start all over and, and work again, just keep on working. Thank God for loving us in spite of us. Christians are not people who have simply improved their lives or, or taken on a, a higher set of morals or tried to act better or treat people differently or, or seek a higher standard for life. We are a new creature in Christ. We are a new creation. We're not a changed person. We are an exchanged person. God took that old rusty, beat up, ratted out, totaled out life that we had, took it in on trade, and gave us perfectly free exchange here's a brand new life here's a life in Christ but this one is eternal life this one has my stamp this one has my seal of approval this one has the blood of my son this one got your name in the Lamb's book of life this one won't ever end this one will change you forever this one's a difference maker you know it's not only a difference maker in our life but it makes us a difference maker in the lives of those around us if we truly live the life, like according to the Beatitudes this morning, if we truly live the life in it, pe people cannot look at you and deny that there's something different. There's not a one of us in this place, if you got saved at a later point in life, that your friends did not ask you what happened to you. Hello. Man, man what, what, what happened? What, you, you don't even talk the same. You, you, don't, you don't like the jokes. No, no, you're right, I don't. You, you don't. I, don't. I don't like anything about that. We, we are new creatures. And can, can I tell you, the same way that old crowd that we ran with, you know, a, a lot of people don't get saved because they quit running with their buddies. You really don't have to quit running with your buddies. All you got to do is get saved and tell them you're saved. They'll quit running with you. You just try to tell them about Jesus Christ a couple times. They're done with you. They'll, they'll forget your number on the way to the bar. But if they saw it in us then, they still see it in us now. It's still an exchange life, but it's still a life that changes others. If we truly are walking, if we truly are living it, they see Christ in us. And, and they may call you goody shoe twos. <laughs> I might well go ahead and put it out there since it almost come out. They, they may call you a holy roller. They may, they may call you names. But let one of their family members go to the hospital and see who they call and ask for prayer. See who they come up to first thing on a Monday morning job. Say, hey, man, hey, I, I need you to be praying. Hey, what? what? You, you same one. Friday, I asked you about coming to a concert, and I asked you to bring your son to Born to be Brave, and I invited church on Sunday. You tell me you didn't have time for that stuff, and all of a sudden, what happened on your weekend? You got somebody in the hospital, and now all of a sudden, you, you need prayer warriors? Yeah, they see it. They see it if we're living it. We are an exchanged life. Many, many times I use this expression that God will make a way out of no way. You know how I know that's a fact? Because he already did. If he didn't, if he didn't ever do it again, he did it in salvation. There was no way for you and I to be saved. There was no way for you and I to walk into the presence of God in our guilty, sin-stained life. There was no way that we're allowed to come into that throne room, but God made a way out of no way. He 
He sent his only begotten son to give us a different life. When it comes to salvation, God made the way. That, that cross that Matt does right here. What a cool spot to get to stand and preach from. I like it better without that little lid being on it right there too. That thing clicks under my foot. The cross paid it all. He didn't, he didn't leave anything on the cross. He didn't sell anything short. He didn't leave nothing out. He didn't forget any sin. There isn't the one little closet sin. He forgot everything you've ever done and everything you're ever going to do. They were all paid for. Right, right there on that cross, Jesus paid it all. We call it amazing grace. God's work, God's way, according to God's will. What we do here at this church, we do because... We are in love with the one that first loved us. We're in love with the one that loved us so much that he stepped down off of his throne to come here. Looked at all the angels of heaven and looked at his father and said, I'll be right back. Got to run and take care of something. My children are down there, and I love them. I'm going to go down there and purchase them, and I'll be right back. What a God. What a God. So what I want us to do tonight we, we did it about a month ago, and I want to do it again tonight before we leave because I think it's a very important time. I, I think as we practice and continue to do things we do, I see it in the lives of people. I, I see it um, in, in the lives of individuals. I see it in the lives of families. I said it this morning. If you're not running head on into the devil every once in a while, it's probably because you're going in the same direction. When, when, when you start being sold out for Christ, and try and do all that you can, you can expect to meet some devils head on. Greater is he that is in us, me, us, than he that is in the world. So I want us, if we could make a circle around this room again, I want us all to pray together again. We, um, we may even do this one more time before the play, because I believe in the power of prayer, amen? amen. I, I believe in the same that she sang about in the song. I believe that God moves mountains. I believe that God changes things when they look unchangeable. I believe God moves mountains before we can even see the mountains there. I, I, I believe in the power of prayer.